Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, what an unbelievable treat today. Where to start with our guests? I think the best place to begin is he is the president and founder of the number one growing private construction company in the Midwest. Jed Richard, welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. So stoked to have you here today. Heard a lot about We're your podcast. About- was was just Thank you. elated when you invited me and from others that have been on your your podcast. This is a big deal for us as well. Right before we got on, you know, we were recording the episode, we are talking a little bit about living an authentic life. And that has to change over time as you assume different responsibilities, but your core values are still the same. How do you continue to represent the core values that were instilled in you at like West Point and your time in the military, now being the president of Richard Group and everything you're doing with all the different projects all over the country and the world? So for us, um, first of all, you live the army values. That's what you're told when you're in the military, right? And if you're in any of the other services. So, you know, I remember that as a platoon leader and as a captain being deployed three times to Afghanistan. And you, you live those, that ethos of the army values and you do it for your soldiers because you're going to battle. And as an infantry person, I was in the 173rd and we we're deployed. We lost a lot of soldiers. So you kind of owe it to your people to do that. And you owe it to your soldiers to bring them home and their families bring that soldier home. But when you're in business, things change a bit. We um, believe in great. So gratitude, resilience, excellence. Um, adventure and transparency. Those are the values that we bring to Richard Group. And quite frankly, that being authentic, it's really all about no matter who you're working with, man, woman, black, brown, white, red, whatever color, you know, you you bring that same authentic nature to, to what you did in the military and what you do in the private sector because your words, your bond, right? We're dealing with millions of dollars of projects. We're dealing with people's lives. We're dealing with with people earning money for their families and putting kids through college and school. And what it comes down to is what you say you're going to do, you do. And I think that's the authentic nature of being in business and being trusted, right? Because a lot of times being a great business person, and I've got a lot of growth to do with that, but being a great business person is everybody trusting you all the time and building upon that reputation state to state and hopefully country to country as we grow the Richard Group brand, that's going to become more essential. And that reputation, everybody finds out about, right? And you can only wrong a person one time before that is a detriment of your your actually true values and the authentic nature of yourself. So I, I think that's how I tend to look at it. And I ask that of my people too, right? You never want to fake the funk in anything in life. And being authentic, being humble, being grateful, you know, having gratitude for waking up, you want your people to grow and be authentic in line with their skill set too, right? So uh, we were talking a little bit early, Tony, like when I was a platoon leader, you know, you get out of ranger school, you pass ranger school, you know, you're going to Afghanistan. My, my guys had just jumped into Iraq. 
prior to me joining them in Afghanistan for the first time. So they got mustard and stains from jumping in to the airfield first combat jump since Vietnam. And you feel like at times you got to puff your chest up and be somebody a little bit different than who you really should be. I think what you find through soldiers and also in business world, they want to see the good and the bad too. And they just want you to own up to what your mistakes are or what your true nature is, right? So if I make a mistake, I own it, right? That, that's what anybody wants in this world, whether you're a good dad, good mom, you know, good aunt or uncle, or even a good business owner. They want to see the mistakes that people make that you could live up to them. And they also do like a lieutenant should or some higher level army folks or military folks. You should stick up for them when they, when they mess up right? And you you can take the fall for your employees just like they are going to be asked to take a fall for you. So that partnership and that response is really important to building employees that are respectful of you, right? I think that's that's really important. And that feels feel like there's a partnership because there's so many different companies people these days could go to. Um, you know, unemployment's at an all-time record low. People go to any other company they want to. They got to believe in your mission, your core purpose, and really, they start believing what you believe in because you're kind of going down the same 25-year plan. What I think is foundational to that is that gratitude piece because that forces you to you know, own it, like you said, take accountability for your actions. Do you have a memory of when you first remember like being grateful about something that just kind of you constantly go back to, whether it was when you first started Richard Group or you know West Point, wherever? So, you know, obviously... There's so many humbling experiences in the military. And, um, you know, when you go to fight in Iraq or Afghanistan, we all know like our class lost a lot of classmates. We also lost a lot of soldiers. So you, you really have gratitude for coming back with all your limbs and your eyesight and your, your sanity, right? So, but, you know, moving and transitioning, becoming a business leader, you know, I, it is so turbulent when you become an entrepreneur. There are, are so many things disconnected, mind, body, and soul, and I could kind of go into those. It's so discombobulated, and you're so out of whack, and you're working 16 to 18 hours, seven days a week. And I had young children. I had a two-year-old with one on the way when I started in the basement of my house at the end of 2014. I was, I think, 33 years old or 34 years old. And you sit there, and you probably have the least amount of money that you ever have because you've invested everything you owned in your own business. And I think the gratitude is, you know, you go upstairs after you're done with work and you get in bed and you wake up and you see your children, you see your wife, and you know you've got people that support and love you through your dreams. I think the gratitude starts there. And then it just kind of builds upon itself. You know, I remember my first check I got for like $2,500 as an entrepreneur. And it's like, man, it just feels good because it's like the culmination of a business plan of dreams of actually taking that risk to go off on my own. And and you start to feel that. And, you know, as the check becomes bigger and bigger, and then you start putting staff and people underneath you that become your new family, it grows and it becomes more of the name of Richard Group. It's not just myself, right? There's a there's a certain part in an entrepreneur's life, especially as you bootstrap like I did. And for folks that don't know from the military at bootstrapping, that's when you basically finance with outtaking money from others. You you basically finance your own business venture. And that is probably the most turbulent thing that you could do in business. Typically people like to go and get SBA loans, take 500 to you know $750,000 and put the risk into the debt that they take on in the company. I didn't do that, but 
you know, as you start growing that gratitude and as you become successful, the gratitude comes a lot less from you and what you are. The gratitude that comes out of it is really the gratitude of seeing people's growth and people take risk and take chances, right? And you see people get promoted within your company or a person gets married or has their first child. And we had several people in my company this past year that had grandchildren, children for the first time. And you feel grateful that the beginning owner of me would be like, oh man, I'm going to hire somebody and they're going to have kids. And I've got, oh my gosh, I got to pay for their health care, and I got to do this and I got to do that. And when you become successful as an entrepreneur and you realize A plus players and Bill Watkins probably talked about that with you in his podcast, but you got these incredibly talented people that you select that believe in you right? And believed in what you sold them on. In Richard Group, we sell them on a lot of things that we have to keep our promises for. And, you know, just having gratitude for seeing those people grow, take the risks, be the person that they want to be. Because quite frankly, as a company owner, these people sometimes have a chance to go formulate their own companies, start their own companies, go work for competitors, go to different geographies. But if they believe in your core purpose, and if they believe that the company that they're a part of is the, the company that's going to leave them with the best tombstone at the end of the day, right? And that's going to protect and grow their families. That's what the real gratitude starts from. And quite frankly, every meeting that we start with, we start with gratitude. I put everybody in the company on a Zoom video or whatever type of media that we're using. And we really, it's not even about, it's not even about work. Sometimes it's really just about us and it could be a conversation that somebody had because they're having a tough day at work and somebody picked up the phone because they saw them struggling on Zoom or they see them struggling over the phone and they just want to check on them. And you start relating that back to like army values and taking care of soldiers and families and you start seeing your own people in the private sector emulating some of those things that you cared so deeply about because you try to, I think a lot of times, and we could talk about this after maybe, but one of the failures I think of new entrepreneurs, vetrepreneurs, is they try to emulate precisely what happens within a platoon. And, and it's really not, it's kind of counterintuitive to how you're successful in business. In a platoon, you don't get to necessarily pick those people that come onto your team. And it's something that like General Petraeus was talking the other day about trying to, you know, it's, he said when he was a battalion commander, he went and tried to select certain people from the captain's career course on his own. I don't, I, I'd never heard of that before. He said, I, I actually started recruiting people 20 years ago before people even knew recruiting happened in the military. But what I'm trying to say is you're kind of stuck with the talent that you have, and then you align the army values and you break people down to kind of value each other and the mission that you're serving. In, in the private sector, it's different. In the private sector, you absolutely have to pick the A talent people that believe in your core purpose, that serve your values and have the attributes of an A player that you want within your company. And you got to quickly offboard those people, the ones that aren't tied and aligned to the people around you. So sometimes there's gratitude for just doing the right thing and, and having the right pulse on people that need to either move around on the seats on the bus or actually get off the bus and enter a new, a new company or go somewhere else. And there's gratitude in that sometimes as well, which is a little bit counterintuitive to the military and having to stick with what you have. I'm glad you covered both sides of gratitude on that, right? Both how people perceive like, hey, I need to recreate this environment 
as opposed to taking pieces of the environment that were successful and applying it to their new environment. Because you can't recreate, like you said, you can't because there's a different ethos and you know kind of vision for everything when you're trying to build that team internally and you get to pick the players. But what I do want to know is how are you challenging that? Because as you grow, you need more people. And that requires, you know, everyone to kind of disseminate down across the board. And I think gratitude is a great place to start, especially when you open your meetings with that. What challenges are you facing as you continue to grow the company and enrich your group out? Yeah, well, that's a great question. You know, as you grow it out, there's a few different things. I mean, we are in a one in a hundred year kind of situation now with a pandemic and then sort of like a, an economic bubble starting again. And the, the lack of, of, of craft workers and manufacturers and commodity pricing, it's all kind of converging on this kind of either mounting disaster or you got to look at it as a real opportunity. And we actually hired a lot of folks from, from people that unloaded some top level talent when COVID started up. And we actually took on that overhead to bring other people on board. So the situation kind of goes like this. So we're growing across the country. And my failure was because you asked to talk about failures in business too. And we've let go some of the smartest people on the planet in engineering, top of their class engineering. And what we found out was they weren't necessarily tied to the same values, nor did I have the system um, of scalability in terms of culture. If, if you look at my LinkedIn writing and Instagram, everything that we talk about here at this company, you could be a great builder, but we have to be so aligned culturally. Some engineers that come out of college or people that come out of the service, they've been you know working 18 hour days as an S3 and then they wanna go work for Amazon and they've been working 18 hour days and now they want more family balance, right? Some people leave the military after 20 or 30 years and that's what they're looking for. I've been taking my wife or my husband around all around the world, 20 different posts and now I need just like some sort of semblance of normalcy. And I think that's hard for JMOs and for people to understand that people that are hired out of the military into really fantastic organizations, they love the skill set of what you came from, right? They, they enjoy that you could gruel and fight through, not that you have to work 16 or 18 hour days, but they realize more than the other humans that are on this earth that you might be able to do 12 and 13 hour days as opposed to 18 grin and bear it and actually make a lot more money that you made in the military. And then that's going to enhance the lives of your families. But for us, my failure was not having core attributes of what we were testing our people for. So we've instilled an A player hiring process in the company. It's a four step process, but we have some tests that we give to folks, both culturally and technically that revolve around three things. And it's grit, plus gratitude equals greatness. Those are our three core attributes at our company. Those are the three things that more than anything matter. And those are where the test scores need to align. And if there's any major alignment in my company, it's gotta be people are focused really around those three, three values in our company and what our people are. So as we grow, you know, there's some people and you know, people have hiring managers at different companies and my competitors, and I've got two, three hundred, four hundred million dollar competitors in my space that I compete against. And they'll call up somebody within one call in 30 minutes and say, you're hired. Now they have to live with that decision. And that short decision, short term decision actually might end up for success for them. But long term wise, it's going to create a lot of turnover within their business. 
And the bane of our existence is having turnover of people and not having those tenured folks grow and create that culture that we want to, to have in our company. So we really, we go much slower than our competitors through the hiring process. We fly in and test and train. We do, we go out to dinners and have our leaders meet with folks and actually have a cultural dinner and fit to make sure that when we're sitting around each other for for, for two hours, obviously something's not odd that we we feel within that person, but we actually get around. And I think within five, 10 minutes, you kind of feel that humanistic approach with other folks, whether or not they could really balance that with the team members that we already have. So to me, Tony, really that growth is tied to people aligned with our culture, aligned with our vision that have the skill set to do what we ask them to do, because we do ask for more because we want to be the best. So there's always asking for more, but there's always more reward. So aligning all those as we go across the country and then as we grow into other countries, as we grow further, I mean, those are going to be the mainstays. And from what I'm hearing, Jet, is that alignment is the greatest thing that has helped improve, I think, I would say both professionally and personally, as you've grown out, you know, the team, the richer group, and, you know, as you've grown as a leader, because you're deliberate and you're intentional and you're taking time. There's something to be said about self-selection, right? Where people just, they don't feel either bought in because it's so quick or they're just like, that's just not where I want to go, right? I want to kind of do something else and that's fine, but you want that to happen now and not two years down the road because you've started to invest in these people as you built the culture. So you, you mentioned a couple of things there that resonate. Intentionality, we talk intentionality every single day. I think the word intentionality is probably the most overused word in the dictionary at Richard Group. And I think what it comes down to this, you're trying to create a family of people as quickly as possible. And we've got people that have been here for seven years since we've been in business. I think we got 15 or 20 people that have been here for maybe less than six months. So how do you get all those people thinking like a tribe and acting like a tribe? And to me, it's leadership talking transparently and authentically with people. So we've 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 actually, you know, and that's one of the things I was going to talk about what's different from the military or what, what's different from mindset or what's, what, what are you learning or what's new behavior do you believe in? And it's taken a long time and maybe a lot of failure for me, but learning to be transparent about your ideas. I mean, that's kind of what I've started to do on LinkedIn and Instagram when people are starting to follow us and starting to, you're seeing the trend lines of Richard Group and me as an influencer. It, it's really not for pats on the back. It's about gathering ideas and bringing the best people together to talk and communicate because we're looking for the best communicators in the business. But your communication could only be as good as being extremely transparent and authentic about it. So we open up our books, our business plans. Everybody has access to it. We have something called Summit Online, which is our knowledge book online that every single employee has access to down to laborers, trade labor and craft laborers in the field, which do our hardest work for our company and grow the bottom line and top line for our company. That's what people miss as new entrepreneurs and as veterans is that they feel so guarded that, that they have to hold on to the secret sauce that it becomes guarded within their own company. And then you start growing your leaders and you're asking them to grow people underneath them as fastly as possible, right? And you're trying to ask them to grow. And one of one of the benefits of coming the richer group is that we tell them that you will become a leader in this industry much faster than any other company. But you can only do that when the visions align and your BHAGs align and your flywheels align. All these sort of business skills that you read from good to great and Jim Collins, right? 
Four Disciplines of Execution, right? The Great Game of Business, like some of these books that have been been staples at my company, right? That are probably sitting behind you there, right? And Leavenworth. So ultimate transparency brings out the best and great leaders and in the best business minds. And I've struggled with, and one of the new skills and one of my struggles with going to social media and getting our name out there and getting our people out there is I don't want people to mistake in why I'm doing that for like the pat on the back, me, me, me. Because you, have, you do have the Jake Pauls and Grant Cardones and the people of the world where I do think it's a little bit about who they are and not necessarily about what they're trying to achieve in the tombstone or what their core purpose is for their company. And that's why I'm doing it. I'm trying to attract the best talent that believes in the same things that we do. And you could only get that really out there for the best people. You can't fake the funk. You got to get that out there through transparency, the way you do business, the way you have systems. The, the way you treat your employees, the way you grow your employees, because we're always looking for long-term committed partners at our business. And if you fake any of those things, you, you really lose faith with your employees and they, they then they try to choose and look in other spots. Absolutely. And what I love about the growth piece is growth happens through adversity where there's been you know something tested and it's either succeeded or failed, but you come back and you iterate. Where has failure ultimately led to your greatest success personally and or professionally? Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. So we, we always talk about in the company, we want a company with the most small failures ever because that's where you push the boundaries and parameters, right? Because I, I've talked about this before with others, but we want people to test limits all the time. Now, we don't want them to go so far outside their limits. They drift off into considerations that they don't have the technical capacity to actually negotiate or manage the struggles that they're going to go through. And that's where failure happens if you don't have good mentorship over the top. But with me and with the growth mindset, I think something that's important, maybe not necessarily a failure, is that when you bootstrap and you've done it with your own money, you tend not to risk the financial side of the business. And people that do bootstrap and aren't necessarily a believer that they're going to be successful yet because there might have been the first two years where I'm like, all right, I'm putting this amount of money in here. And if this goes away, I'm going to go back and work for somebody else. Like I never got to the mindset. I'm going to go buy, borrow three, four, $5 million. And you've got, you know, early venture entrepreneurs, early stage venture entrepreneurs, um, going to venture capitalists and private equity firms that do have fantastic ideas. I was able to go to a, a, a West Point entrepreneur summit down in Austin, Texas to hear pitches from seven or eight of our classmates and folks, five, 10 years older and five to 10 years younger and you hear these ideas that are just mind blowing. And I think they're going to be game changers in the world. And those are people that do take on 40, 50 million in risk. So my biggest failure in growth originally was not believing in the business model that I had and not allowing myself to think big, right? There's books on, on how to think big and take yourself out of this imposter syndrome that you might go through. And when you think of imposter syndrome, which was a gentleman down in Australia that grew a $2 billion business. And he said, I always just think I'm faking the funk and everything that I'm doing. And what you, you tend to understand that if you're answering a lot of the questions for, for younger folks around you and people come to you for advice and they keep on coming back and listening to your message, that's really not imposter syndrome. You've actually got something there that's going to help grow people around you. So the, the fact of transparency and creating those risks in the company that allows the right risks where you're not letting your young people fail and you're building confidence, 
And that's if you're in the military as a, as a platoon leader, right? If you go out and you're, you're, you're doing an air assault mission in the middle of Afghanistan or wherever we're going next with our warfighters, and you go off in your success in your first mission, your battalion commander gives you a pat on the back and you've got very minor flaws in what you did with your squads, that builds tremendous confidence in the next one. And because we've learned of so many different leaders that fail on their first mission or second mission, and it just puts them in a tailspin. It's the same thing for our young kids coming out of college. Our 22, 23, 24-year-olds, the reason why we hired them, because we tested them to have the most, the best mental capacity ever in this construction industry that I tend to think of as a knuckle-dragging industry. And I put it on myself that they're failing too big. That's on the leadership that haven't set the parameters the right way and haven't really allowed them to dream in the right capacity. Jed Richards, how are you better today than yesterday? Yeah, I, I'm better now for several different reasons. Number one is an entrepreneur, and this is might sound like more of a negative thing. I've seen so many early stage entrepreneurs and even ones that are growing five, 10, $15 million companies not be able to say the word no. And what happens is you're not a bad person when you say no, but you're not hurting your family, right? And you gotta, you gotta give, and it's, there's, there's no balance in this game. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're going to go and create something worthwhile, you look at Elon Musk and what he's doing and he's building rocket ships and now trying to buy Twitter and everything else. It, it, you don't have to go to that extreme is what I'm saying. But you got to value when you're sitting there dying on your deathbed and you've got your four or five or six best friends there with you and your wife and your kids and your grandkids, you know, what's the legacy of really what you want? What, what do you want to impact on the world? That That's important. And I've been able to start putting myself in that 20 years from now mode as opposed to being reactive. I think that comes through maturity and experience. I definitely didn't have that in my military years. It was all like what's happening right in front of me the next day. And I can't even see past that. The more you get reflective on, on who you are as a human being and the regimented way you could do things. One of the big things for me in growth is having this really simple life. I really think it's a simple life, right? I focus on my, my family here at work. I focus on my faith and my family at home. And I've got like two or three best friends and that's what I have time for in trying to grow something phenomenal across the world and a brand that people are going to believe in for hundreds of years. And so to have that reflective nature of sitting back and whether it's somebody journaling or meditating or working out or doing CrossFit like I still do, you know, and actually I believe when you're humping up a mountain like I still do, I still go up in the Tetons a lot, whether it's with the Lions Prod or by myself or with my people. When you get really exhausted and you think about what things are important to you, but you could think about it in like 20 year spans or 10 year decade year spans as opposed to just a quarter, and you know you're on track to do the right thing, I think having that sort of respect for yourself to not burn yourself out is really important. I think that's one of the major things that I've grown as a person is, is really having that reflective nature in myself. And there's a lot of other ones, but I think that's for me, that's the big one because I could have burnt out so easily as an early stage entrepreneur, but knowing the confidence in what my technical capacity was and myself as a leader in this industry and saying, listen, I'm not going to be able to get to a $20 million company after the first or second year in business. But if I work at it and I build towards my business plan, I stay focused on the things that are important, culture, people, technology those sorts of things that it's going to be easy to go to 50 million, which we, we should be approaching this year. So it took seven years, but that's not that bad. 
but you got to have a lot of reflection along the way. Finally, as we've talked and you've shared so many different thoughts about transparency, failure, success, you know, making sure you are invested in the people and the people are invested in you. Where can people go to connect with you more and learn more about what you're doing, the richer group, everything else? Yeah, I mean, I, great question, Tony. I'd love for people to connect to me on LinkedIn. If there are people in your audience that want to be architects, engineers, contractors, whatever that is in my industry, I'd love to connect them, whether they come work for my company or I could go send them to a company owner that I know and just think about the best ideas possible. Um, they could write me at jed.richard at richardgroupllc.com. They could hit me up at Instagram, jed underscore Richard, which we've been publishing a lot of content tied to our industry and tied to culture. Those are the big ones and we're always welcome to have it. And I'll, we have a chief of staff and Paige is my right-hand woman at the company and she'll get us on the books and we'll create some ideas together. And we will make sure we link all of that, the email address, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the show notes so everybody can connect. Thank you so much for sharing your methods, your strategies, your time. It was really a privilege for you to share your time with us. And I'm extremely grateful. And most importantly, thanks for having our six. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Tony. It's been fantastic. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Gotcha Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Gotcha Six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Gotcha 6 podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.